Hey guys, welcome to LT Brings the Heat podcast. We're your host, Sean Laird Adam Heisler. It's uh, been a few weeks since we've been on. Adam and I have been pretty busy, and uh, I actually have lost my voice for the last uh, two weeks. I'm starting to finally get it back a little bit. Um, and so if you hear me mute myself, well, you won't hear me mute, but I might mute myself a couple of times throughout this episode um, just to make sure you guys aren't hearing me hacking and coughing here in the background. But um, we're kind of going to do a recap of the World Series, a recap of the playoffs, and just talk, kind of talk about baseball today and, and, and kind of where the leadership of baseball and, and kind of things about, you know, what we hear when we're listening to guys talk like John Smoltz and Buck on, on, on the on the uh, on the games and everything. But, you know, I know Adam's really passionate about this stuff and, and, and really enjoys listening to the games and stuff, but also wants to hear the game, you know, in a positive light in a lot of ways, too. But what's going on with you today, Adam? Uh, nothing too much, man. I'm uh, a big Braves fan here, so I'm pumped up about the, their big win. They finally got the monkey off their back, and Atlanta was celebrating. I think the coolest thing was just seeing how many Braves fans, uh, like living in the South, you grow up watching TBS, and the Braves were always on TV. And then, like, you're, it kind of got passed down from generation to generation. And so, naturally, being down South, I was a Braves fan from the very beginning. So seeing them win it was really cool. But I think the coolest part was seeing how many more young fans we have now that like when you see these guys celebrating and they're talking about the parade they're going to have is evidently supposed to be the longest parade that any sports teams ever have is what they're shooting for just because it's been such a long time since that city's really won something. So they're going to really celebrate this thing here, but we're going to cover a couple things today. I think that are really cool. And let's pick up where Sean was talking about with John Smoltz and Joe Buck. So one of my things and like big pet peeve is if we're trying to promote this game of baseball to either new fans or younger fans or even like our kids age or maybe even a little bit older, some high school kids, what they're going to want to listen to is somebody putting a positive spin on the game of baseball. Why is it so great? What's so good about it? Like keep us interested. And I feel like so many of these older guys that are in the booth calling games like a John Smoltz is they're almost living in the the past of baseball is better when we play. We don't like this new age. And if you don't like it, like then move on and quit calling games. And I'm not here to try to bash anybody about doing their job, but it just seems, okay, if I had to talk baseball for three and a half, four hours, I'm sure it is tough. There's not a lot to talk about a lot of the times, but at least try to put a positive spin on the game, meaning like, hey, these guys are really trying. One thing I always like to try to pride ourselves on even being coaches now is don't ever forget how hard the game really is. And I think the more guys get away from the game, the more that they think it's easier. So like watching Smoltz and the guy swings and misses one in particular, Dansby chased a three, two fastball up in the zone and swung under it and missed it. He struck out and Smoltz is bashing him basically being too aggressive. Like you can't chase there. And it's easy to say that when you're in the booth, not doing anything, but when you're down on the field with your heart rate pumping against some of the best pitchers in baseball, it's, it's, it's tough, man. And so I just wish they would put more of a positive spin on there. And we've had Jeff Francoeur on in the past and talk about this kind of thing. And I think he's really, really good at doing the old age versus the old school versus the new school, bringing those together. But then also being a former player who just kind of got out of the game, knowing like these pitchers are better than they've ever been before. So this is why we're having our strikeouts go up or, okay, they're playing shift because now the age and the numbers sh show that we need to shift. And, I just think we just got to get more people promoting this game of baseball and, and pushing it to get more young kids involved versus kind of turning them away. I can't tell you how many kids I work with. They're like, Hey, did you watch the world series? Nah, coach, I didn't watch it. I don't like this. Like I can't sit down and watch a baseball game. And it just stinks because you can learn so much by watching these games, but instead of 
just bash in the game, basically small promote and say maybe what we could get better at and how we can continue to move in the right direction. And yes, this game has changed, but change with the game, everything changes. I mean, you watch the NFL now, they pass all over the place where they used to be a running league, like things would kind of change and you just have to adapt with them. So I just wish we had more guys in that position that were promoting a more positive spin on the game versus listening to a Joe Buck or a John Smoltz that they just sounded like they were the grumpy old guys that had to call the World Series game. And at times I muted the game just to sit there and watch the actual game and not have to worry about listening to them. So it's that was one big bugaboo that kind of got me. And uh, what do you usually take on it, Sean? I know we've talked about this before of how you're you like his A-Rod, kind of how he correlates things together. We've talked about Frank Core, but what is it that uh, you wish they could get better at doing to help promote the game? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's all good stuff. And the thing is, is like, you know, we talk about telling kids to watch a game, like you said, like study the game, learn the game and stuff. And for me, it's like, you know, you get a lot of these announcers and I, I, I kind of like, you know, using it to like everybody has a, everybody has a right to voice their opinion. It doesn't mean their opinion should be heard in a lot of ways. And that, I mean, that's a lot of things in life. And John Smoltz is a Hall of Famer. John Smoltz is is, is legit. He's awesome. I, I, I love hearing guys that play at the highest of levels talk about the game, period. But like you were saying, like for me, it's like. When there's a lot of negative things, you know, you were talking about mentioning, talking about guys like, hey, put the ball in play here. Hey, do your job here. Little things like like you were saying before we hopped on, like the game is a lot harder. And I think guys kind of forget how hard it is, even when they stop playing and stuff. Um, and, and for me, it's like, you know, listening to guys talk. I want to hear. I want to be educated. I want to know what's inside someone's head. I want to know what they're thinking. Like when, when I was coaching, when I was coaching, it's kind of weird to say that because I'm not coaching. <laughs> high school travel baseball anymore, but like I would come off to the side and, 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 and travel baseball, obviously we take it seriously. We take these games. Like it's, it's, I don't want to say life or death, but it's a job, but we're also having fun, but I'm there to educate too. So I would sit back and I go, Hey, watch him throw a curveball right here. And boom, he throw a curveball. Okay. Watch him try to elevate the fastball right here. Boom. He'd elevate the fastball. And I'm trying to talk to these kids and these hitters and explain to them why I know that stuff. And more often, and more often than not, especially at the high school level, you know, I'm, I'm right majority of the time, I would say 70, 80% of the time. Of course, I'm going to miss at certain times, but you can read patterns. You can read what they're trying to do. You can kind of understand. And I think things like that, like it's, those aren't talked about enough. Um, you know, and I know that baseball, like this year, like listen to the um, um, Iowa game, I'm brain, brain farting on the word right now. Kevin Costner, the Chicago White Sox, yeah. and Yankees. Field of Dreams this, game. Yeah. yeah, Field of Dreams. There we go. Bang. So that game, they were doing a lot of interviews. They were talking, and Kevin Costner was getting on there. And it was so entertaining. It was probably mm-hmm. the most entertaining game that I had listened to. I was actually watching it, listening to it on the iPad while I was driving down to Alabama and uh, for a vacation. And it was very enjoyable just hearing those guys talk and doing things like that. And for me, like – if we want to grow the game of baseball, I think we need to start thinking outside the box and, and, and like, you know, the Kevin Costner's having interviews with players and stuff and, and listening to them talk. Those are big things. But also, like, let's talk about the game within the game. Let's talk about, you know, why a guy is getting such a big lead here and like wh- how he's getting this lead when this pitcher picks off, like why this guy struggles picking off or throwing over to first base. You know, what's the percentage um, this catcher's throwing out runners? What's the percentage of this guy, you know, it's getting safe on on steal attempts. Like for me, I want to hear more stuff like that. And some of the stuff, don't get me wrong, I just listen. Like we hear this stuff. Like sometimes they talk about this stuff. But for me, I feel like there should be an X's and O's. If you're going to call a game, um, there needs to be some education every year. There needs to be like, hey, let's go to the blueprint. Like, like what was our most watched games? 
Okay. Well, what did we do different in these games? Now, obviously, the most watched game probably this year, I have no idea, would be my guess would be either the world's one of the World Series games or that Field of Dreams game would be my guess, yep. right? Um, but like let, let's assess and let, let's assess and, and see why these games are so popular. And I do say this, like people talk about baseball being dead and you know they're boring to watch or whatever. And most of the time I hear people talk like that, they're not really baseball people or they're young kids and stuff. And for me, when I was younger too. I watched, I didn't watch very many regular season games when I was in, you know, middle school, high school, but I always watched the all-star games. I always watched the postseason games. They was just to me when when that when that lights turned on and every game matters, every pitch matters, you know, guys are are, are following a plan, they're executing a plan. Like it's just like I love seeing it doesn't matter what profession it is, the best of the best compete against each other. I've always loved that. I've always wanted to enjoy watching that. Um, but when we see when we sit here and we see that the highest level and something that is arguably the hardest thing to do in any profession, which is hit a baseball uh, or be a professional baseball player. What is it? It's like 19000 people have played in the show in the history. Like that's that's a crazy number. And, and for me, if we want kids to enjoy this stuff, like why don't we do an interviews with these players during the game more often? Why aren't we talking like obviously they don't want to give away their trade secrets and stuff, but let's do some background, some stories. Let's talk about what this, the adversity this guy went through. Um, to get where he's at. Let's talk about, you know, maybe somebody didn't believe in him and, and the minors and, and he ended up conquering and going through all these things. Like for me, we, we need to start making these guys um, not putting these players on a pedestal, which I don't think people do most for the most part, but like, like let's get them down to earth. They're just like me and you. Um, let's talk about things that they've gone through in life. And, you know, and you listen to, you know, the big home run uh, and I'm brain farting on his word, the shortstop from Vandy. Andrew Swanson, yeah. There we go, Swanson. Man, I'm I'm, I'm brain farting today. That's the price of having a fourth kid coming on the way. But listen to Dansby talk, like, um, after the game, he's giving all glory to God and just talking about how, like, this was the biggest home run ever and, and listening to him talk and hearing the emotion. And, man, I love that stuff. That's just – that stuff is so cool. And and there were people blowing up Sports Center because they didn't post on Instagram about the World Series for seven days. Yep. Like, seven days, like – you're telling me that they're not posting for seven days, but yet there's more viewers watching the World Series than the NBA Finals, and we know the NBA is being shown all the time on ESPN on Sports Center. Like, you know, I, it, for me, I just feel like that if we can make these guys, you know, you know, more relatable and start talking about certain, like the game within the game, obviously, but also talk about you know their prior history and, and talk about these interviews, I think it makes so much more sense for us to really sit back and go, you know what? We're doing something right because these viewers are getting on there. And now I can say, hey, you know, hey, listen tonight because Dancy Swanson's getting an interview in the seventh inning or the sixth inning. And he's going to talk about some things like we need to advertise that stuff. Talk about this stuff. Um, talk about what guys' the uh, opinions are and everything. And John Smoltz, like, like I said, I have nothing but respect for the highest level. I'm not one of those hitting coaches that gets on Twitter and talks shit about guys that played at a high level. I'm not going to be that guy. But he's still preaching running long distance to get rid of lactic acid in his arm. He still says dumbass stuff like that. And it's like, dude, like, will somebody get on here and, and, and correct him? Like, Hey, that's actually not what the science and the research and all the like facts. That's not actually true. But if you believe in that and it makes you feel like you're a better pitcher, dude, go ahead and go do it. Like you do what you feel like makes you better all day long, but let's stop putting, you know, let's stop stating facts or start, start stating that what I think is a fact. Like, those are little things like that. And, and sometimes you sit there and listen to MLB tonight. And you see your guys breaking down the swings and stuff. And I love, I absolutely love hearing the things like that because 
for me, I've always loved the training aspect of things more than the actual um, game in a lot of ways. Like, don't get me wrong. I, I would play a game over training any day of the week. Right. But for me, like, and this is, I might get some hate on this, but I, like, I didn't have a dog in the fight in, in the game. Now, did I want the Astros to win? Hell no. But there was a part of me that really enjoyed watching the Astros play. And it was because it was like, it was them versus the world mentality. Like everybody hates them. And they still made it to the World Series. They almost made it to the World Series last year against the Rays going seven games, come, almost coming back from a 3-0 deficit. Like that really made me intrigued. And I, I, a part of me really wanted, like I wanted the Braves wings. I've always liked, Chipper Jones was always one of my favorite players growing up. So I've always liked the Braves. Braves always on, on TV growing up and stuff. Um, but I really, like, I was like, man, I kinda, I'm kind of low-key like cheering for the Astros a little bit. Not wanting them to win, but I kind of want them to make it like a seven-game series here because – it just, it just, it's, it's so also seeing the confidence, like, like Correa tapping his, his hand and stuff like that. Like, I love that stuff. I love the competition at the highest level and watching the game and, and seeing those guys compete against, you know, FU, we're going to win anyway. I really enjoy that, even though those guys should have been suspended for a year, no matter what, for cheating. But um, that's just kind of my opinion. And, and I know we can dive into a little bit more on some of those things, but like for me watching, like, that, that's kind of what I take away from watching those games. You know, what, what about you, Adam? Like anything else you want to kind of tap onto about what I said? Yeah. And in spring training, they kind of messed around with the stuff where they were interviewing players during the game. And I know spring training is relaxed and it doesn't really mean anything. So maybe they're more comfortable doing that type of stuff in there, but I think they were on to something where people were actually paying attention. And like you brought up a great point about learning these players. There's so many guys that I think if they were walking in your neighborhood mall, you might not even recognize who they are. And they could be a big leaguer. And it's just they don't get shown enough and not talked about enough. And like Dansby's story of being a hometown kid, like I don't think a lot of, not a lot of people knew that until he promoted that and like got his interview and had his big moment right there where, man, this should have been information like two to three years ago when he first got traded and like and doing interviews and sit downs with him. And one more thing about the Smoltz thing is like, I think the thing that pushed me over the edge is when he tried to compare Adam Duvall's swing to a golf swing. And it's just like, that is not even logical. What are you talking about, man? Like this guy led the ML, led National League in RBIs and I think he had 42 or 43 home runs. Like, he's a really, really good player. And you're trying to say that he has a golf swing. Like, come on, if you want to learn more about a swing, ask him, hey, like, what did you work on? What'd you change? What, like, that's the cool stuff that we actually want to know. And as I'm a, if I'm a parent that doesn't know much about baseball, but my kids are playing it, like, that's the stuff I want to know. I don't want to know... Oh man, hitting a home run's bad. What? Well, John Smoltz said it's not good. You should do this. Not, no, like that's totally against everything that you want to do and have fun and play the game with emotion. And it's just he compared the one at bat. It was the biggest at bat of the whole World Series was when the catcher for the Astros like stood on top of the plate and took. I think he took five straight pitches and he ended up walking. Like he knew he wasn't going to swing. And I'm like, that is not fun. Like we're promoting this to kids. So how many kids this weekend are going to go out there and just be like, nope, I'm not going to swing. I'm just going to try to walk. Like he's giving praise to that. And it just drives me nuts that we're looking at different stuff and not looking at the fun stuff that kids want to do and enjoy. And yes, did he bring up, he brought up a great point about a matchup. Like they brought in a guy to face Ozzy Albies because he throws a four seamer up and Albies struggles with the fastball up. Like, that's cool. Talk about that stuff. But then talk about maybe how he can help get on top of that fastball if he needs to or, or dive into it instead of just bashing the guy for his swing. Like, oh, he'll never have success because his swing is a golf swing or his swing is underneath the ball. Now, this guy coming up and then the last thing I'll get off of him. But me and my buddies, we kind of had a quotes going back and forth, even with some of my hitters where he tried to say that uh, at one point Tucker 
his feet are his feet are the ones that get him going. Like he hits the ball with his feet. I'm like, this isn't soccer. What are we talking about? Like, if you want to promote rhythm and timing, cool, but don't say, yeah, when his feet are right, he's hitting good. No, that has nothing to do with hitting the ball. It's, he hits the ball with the bat. So let's talk about that kind of stuff. But no, you're right, man. Just interview these players, interact with them. I think a good thing is if they brought a hitter up to join Smoltz. So, hey, Smoltz, you got to dive in on a pitcher side of things. And then we have a hitter over here that's kind of talking about what he's looking at. And then y'all can bounce ideas off each other. And now you're having guys that are having conversations and open about things instead of just this one way all the way through. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and one thing that like, when you talk about Maldonado and, and I really liked his AB, it was an awesome at bat and everything like that. But just like you're saying, like he, they knew you could see he was crowding the plate. And if it, it wasn't over the, the middle away, away pitch, it wasn't in a certain spot. He probably wasn't going to swing. And, and I remember that bat specifically, but, one thing that kind of annoyed me is, and they ESPN does this in general. Like they always like, don't get me wrong. Like I love like the Nick Sabans of the world and they always glorify the coaches, but like, they're like, man, Dusty Baker, they changed around the lineup for game five and all they scored all these runs. Yes. I think that he needs to give his credit for changing up the lineup, moving Bregman to seven, all this stuff. But why didn't we like, did we ask any of the players? Like, what is your approach? How did you change your approach? Mm -hmm. What was your, like, what did you do in the first few games that you guys struggled with? But what did you guys change now? Like, what, what, what's the difference? Why did you guys have all these hits and score all these runs right here? You know what I mean? Did you change your approach? Because they had a lot of they had a lot of singles that game too. But like, like, would you guys try to think more like small contact? Like you were just trying to put the ball in play. Maybe you're thinking top of the ball because you guys get under. I don't know. Like, I those are questions that I, I like. I would love to hear. Like, hey, what did you guys change in your approach? And that's obviously like I love listening to the the I love listening to Poppy. A Rod and, yes. and Big Hurt, man. After we're like those guys, man. Like, and then when Pete Rose, my God, when Pete Rose was on a few years ago, I don't know where he's been. When they were on Fox Sports One, a lot of times, like, I love listening. Like, that, that's an old, old school guy, yeah. right? And you got some of the little bit of old school, a little bit of new school guys in there. And I just, I, I love hearing that stuff. I love hearing those guys go back and forth. Same thing when you're watching NBA stuff, like listening to Shaq and Barkley go back and forth with each other. That's good TV. That's good television. That's stuff that we want to hear, but. We also want to hear about the players because they just kept saying that over and over. Man, Dusty Baker changed the lineup. Dusty Baker changed the lineup. I go, man, well, damn, it worked really well for game six too, didn't it? Right? Like that's – like obviously they struggled, right? You know, yeah. something happened. And obviously, you know, you know, the Braves pitching was just – you know, they, they got to get a lot of props on that, ex excluding that one game. Like, I mean, they just dominated, like you said earlier, like the best offense in, in baseball. It's just – it's really cool too to talk about the Braves. And they did mention this a few times. They talked about – um, you know, those four guys they picked up at the trade deadline, how it completely just just changed their season and, and changed the outlook. And they did all this without their best play, arguably their best player, right? I mean, it's just – it's so damn cool. And you see Freddie Freeman get, get, get a World Series win. Hopefully they pay that dude that money, man. But to me, it's like, you know, you listen to this stuff. And, again, we're, we're talking about media, and the media is the media. They're always going to be the media. They're always going to annoy us in a lot of ways. But, you know, when games like that happen, you see big turnarounds and stuff. Like last year when the, when the, when the Astros almost came back against the, against the, the, the Rays in that, that uh, four-game season when they're down 3-0, down I don't remember hearing them talk about the players at all, like talking about their approaches or changing stuff. Man, I just – you know, and then last year in the World Series, like we had – we actually talked about this on the podcast um, – a pitcher for the Rays left. He ended up going. He ended up going to the Padres, didn't he? Mm, Blake Snell, yeah. Yeah, Snell. And that dude, like that dude, had balls you could carry in a semi truck, and they pulled his ass out of the game, and they shouldn't have, and it ended up costing them game right there. And and they were had a little bit. Of that, they were talking about a little bit of that old school, new school approach right there and stuff. And 
And, and there's a lot of aspects so he, like reading the game and understanding the game while also putting in some of that new school at cutting edge stuff. You see people on Twitter, like, you know, driveline guy and all these people getting on there and just, you know, saying negative things. Like there's a problem if the majority of stuff you're hearing about these announcers calling the game is bad. Like they're, they're, you got to go back to the drawing board and change some things up. And they're still getting high viewership, even with all that stuff. But you hear people, like you said, like muting the game or whatever, like, for me, like I'm always working or doing something while I'm watching the game because I'm getting home from lessons or whatever. And then usually the last few innings, like I'm glued. I want to make sure I'm seeing every little pitch and every every, every uh, little nook and cranny, what they're trying to do approach-wise and everything. But, you know, like you said, like if we're going to grow the game, we got to put it in a positive light. we got to put the game in a situation where it's going to attract viewers from specifically those younger viewers because I would like to know the breakdown of what the viewers are, like how much of the younger viewers – are we getting, um, you know, what, what kind of households we're getting these, this viewership from? But I do think having the Braves in the World Series helped a lot this year because so many people love the Braves. Like you said, like I grew up, I'm, I'm in Indiana. Everybody's either they're Cubs, they're White Sox, they're Tigers or, or Reds. And I never really had a team. Like I always, I cheered for the Bash Brothers growing up because I thought they were cool and hit bombs and stuff out of Oakland. But like, I never really had a team, but like Atlanta, just I feel like they kind of cover that entire Southeast region, which is really cool. Got to kind of see see that environment, see all those people, like what they were doing in Atlanta while they were finishing up the series in uh, Houston, which was really cool too, opening it up to everybody. I just, I really had a good time watching the, the postseason this year. But now, what's your besides that, Adam? What's kind of like from? Let's go back to the player perspective here. What's kind of like your biggest takeaways um, from the from the from the playoffs this year? What was like at the end of the day? Like you know, you're watching the game of baseball. Like we always say, pitching wins. Like, no matter what, pitching's always going to win. Pitching's going to dominate. You got to have good pitching, elite pitching. You definitely got to have a badass bullpen. But what kind of what, what's your takeaways for when it comes to the skill department on, on the postseason this year? I'm honestly starting to think like postseason baseball is different than regular season baseball, and it's, the gap is growing bigger and bigger. Where you're having this opener start, and you're having different scenarios come up that don't happen one through one sixty two. And so it's almost like, hey, once you reach this point, now the game has completely changed, and we've got to be really good at this. We have our three main guys out of the bullpen. Nobody else really pitches unless the game's over. Uh, we're also going to have our lineup shift like this. We're going to start with this inning here. I mean, there was something on the other day that out of all the games this whole season, the most runs were scored in the first inning. And so it kind of tells you, like, heads up, like, that first inning is just as important. It's the most important inning because a lot of runs are being put there. So why don't we start one of our best guys in that inning, even if he's a reliever? And then this is where the opener all came from. So I'm just trying to figure out if there's a way that I guess baseball in general can kind of make it where the game isn't so different. Like playoff baseball, like you've talked about before, like I didn't really watch much of the regular season. I saw highlights. I saw the all-star game. I saw the Field of Dreams game. But like when the playoffs come around, it's like you're glued in because it, it's almost like March Madness, in my opinion, where it's just like I don't care who's playing. I just want to watch because it's you can see the intensity is ramped up like their attention to details higher. Uh, Jorge Soler, in my opinion, like that was the most he's ever laid off pitches just watching you could tell like, he was focused on that strike zone where in the regular season I think there's games he's just going up there trying to swing as hard as he can hopes he runs into one where you can see his enhanced focus of I know I can't chase here and you just see the best out of these players in these situations so I'm just hoping there's a way we can kind of make it where the playoff baseball how can we get playoff baseball throughout the year so to speak like is there a way to shorten the season up uh, I know they're talking about going universal DH next year like do we shorten it like innings? What's just some things we can do to we still have baseball, but we change it to make sure that 
right from the get-go, like every game is almost meaning something. And I know out of 162, not of them, not all of them do mean anything, but like this year, the Braves winning it at the All-Star break, they were under 500. And I think they were the second team ever that had under right at 80 wins or something like that to win the World Series. And it's just, it's crazy. But what happened? They got hot at the right time when these trade pieces took over, then their bullpen came together. And one last part on my part is uh, Coach Snicker, the, the manager for the Braves, like all year it took flack for Will Smith struggling to close out the ninth. And he's like, no, he's my guy. I'm staying with him. I'm not changing. I'm staying with him. And what did he do in the postseason? He didn't give up a run all year. And I think that was confidence that his manager gave him where early in the year, if he's pulling him out or, hey, we're going to reevaluate our closer role, he's not going to have that confidence when he goes into the playoffs. So Snicker, man, him and his old school staff is so cool to see with all those new young guys on top of the general manager and the analytics department that kind of put this team together. There's a quote from the GM saying, Hey, I'm going to get these guys and I trust you to do, you work your magic and put them wherever you need to. And it's like, okay, good. You give me players. I'll get them right on the field. And now we work together as opposed to him having a conflict. Like, Hey, why'd you get this guy? He can't do this. Well, I don't care. I got him. So now you have to do it. And then you start to battle back and forth. So I think just that old school approach of the managerial side that, uh, I mean, I think they have the oldest, oldest coaching staff in all of baseball and see how they relate to these players and teach them work ethic and teach them skill. I know everybody saw Juan Rushington all year, like he's working with his infielders every single day, building that reputation and building the reps with them. That way they're confident to get to that level there. But as far as the game, I think it's just like pitching's always going to win. If you have dominant pitching, I mean, the Braves held the Astros to two shutouts and the Astros are the best team in baseball. I promise you they were still trying just as hard. It's just – when those pitchers get going, man, and they're locked in, you can only do so much. And I think one last little thing that uh, you mentioned, like all the singles Astros were hit. So maybe when we're preaching so much of contact football and play, it didn't work out so well for them against these power arms. Like we have said before, is if you don't take advantage of maybe a mistake and you run one out of the ballpark, it's so freaking hard to get four hits in a row off these guys. Heck, it's hard to get one. So that's where I can kind of look at guys knowing – Hey, he's trying to leave the yard here because he knows that there's a very good chance he's probably not going to get a hit. Neither is the guys behind him, but they're going to go down swinging. And that's where you look at it, where it's kind of like finding the fine line of put the ball in play versus can you drive one out of the ballpark? And you just got to figure out what works for your guys. Yeah, man. And that's, I have two big takeaways essentially. It's, you know, like getting hot and team chemistry, like, and Jock Peterson was quoted many times. Yeah, we may be those, we may have made those mother efforts. Like, you know, that's like, getting that mindset and having that and getting hot at the right time. Like it, it really shows how even the MLB is in a lot of ways too. Like it, people don't understand how hard like the Dodgers have done and the Astros have done the last five years getting to the ALCS and LCS or the world series. Like that's, that's pretty damn hard. I mean, you look at the Braves teams from the nineties, like the only one world series and that uh, one, one, one world series. And damn, like they were so loaded. I mean, they are as loaded as any team, excluding the Yankees in those mid nineties. And it's just, it just shows how crazy it is and how hard it is and, and, and how even and, and how good the talent is, but especially the young talent coming through as well. Um, it, it's just crazy to kind of see that. And that's why people understand like, you know, getting on the right page and everybody at working toward the same goals and, and fighting together, like, you know, that like intangible, if you will, that's, that's just an absolute game changer. And the second thing is, is, you know, and I say I preach this all the time in, in, with travel balls. Like the teams that win games, the teams that win games against the, the you know elite teams against the hard pitchers, tough pitchers, 
you know, you can make a couple mistakes and still do this is if you get extra base hits with runners in scoring, well, with runners on base in general, you're going to, mm-hmm. you're most likely going to win more often than lose. Like you've got to get extra base hits with runners on base period. Like if you got a, ru- a runner on first and second, you hit a single, maybe you're going to run, maybe not, not saying the singles are bad. Like I'm, I'm all for getting hits, but you've got to be able to have those three, four big doubles in the gap or triples in the gap or a home run to help kind of feed off. Cause that's one thing is like, you know, getting a couple singles in a row. Yeah, it's great. It's awesome. And I'm not saying like, again, I'm not saying that they're bad, but you have a guy that hits a bait, you know, a basis clearing triple and pops on three runs or two runs that raises the level of the team. It, 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 it's hitting people say it all the time. It is contagious. Mm-hmm. And the teams that have those extra base hits with runners on base, it also gets to the pitcher and screws them up. And on top of that, like you talk about like base run, when there's runners on base, it's a different ball game for pitchers. It's easy to pitch when nobody's on base. I don't say it's easy to pitch, never easy to pitch, but it's it's a lot easier when when there's not anybody on base. When you're going on base, you're going to get a chance to hit. You know, it, it just understanding that mindset, understand how important it is to be able to drive the baseball in the gaps. To me, as a young hitter, if you're watching the game, like that's that's a big deal right there. Like you got to be able to do that. You got to be able to play as a team and work as a team and work as a unit. Like I was talking about, like the Braves were doing, and the Astros did it in a lot of ways too. But I think I better team won. You know, and they were they were hot and they looked good and as good of a it was as good of a World Series team as I've seen in a while anyway. Um, you know, working and firing on all cylinders, man. But, man, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Adam, is there anything else you want to end up before we close out? No, just as we close, yeah, the it factor is real. And I think if Acuna plays all year, maybe the Braves don't even make the playoffs or win the World Series. I think when he went down, everybody else picked their game up. And think about all the great teams you've ever been on. It's a lot of times the other guys are professionals, too. And they don't want to just – they don't want to hear that their top guy went down because they know they're good, too, but they all raise their game up like – Hey, he's down, but so what? Let's all pick our game up and kind of replace him, so to speak. But the Braves fans will definitely be glad that he's going to be back in the lineup next year. Absolutely. Yeah, man. Well, guys, hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, Please like, share, and subscribe. And until next time, we'll see you guys later.